Hi, Rebecca Shear here. Looking for more ways to circle round with us? Join the Circle Round Club and get all sorts of great perks, like a welcome box with Circle Round goodies, monthly newsletters, even ad-free episodes, and bonus bedtime stories. Support our public radio podcast and sign up now at wbur.org slash Club. WBUR Podcasts, Boston. The Circle Round episode you're about to hear is a very special one, recorded in front of a live audience of enthusiastic kids and grown-ups at WBUR City Space in Boston, Massachusetts on December 9th, 2023. You can find upcoming Circle Round performances on our website, wbur.org slash circle round. And to be the first to hear about live events, join the Circle Round Club. Learn more about this fun opportunity to support public radio at wbur.org slash circle round. Think of all the people you love. There are probably quite a few, right? But the great thing is, no matter how many people we give love to, we can always find more love in our hearts because love is an endless thing to give and to receive. And as we'll hear in today's story, when we give love and receive love, magical things can happen. I'm Rebecca Shear, and welcome to Circle Round, live at WBUR City Space in Boston, Massachusetts. Today, our story is called The Forest Folk, Versions of this tale come from the Western European country of Germany. Joining me on stage are some performers whose voices you may recognize from other Circle Round stories. Emily DiPietro, Sonia Joyner, Luis Negron, and Gamelia Farms. And providing musical accompaniment is the one and only Eric Shimalonis. So, Circle Round everyone, for the forest folk. In the wind-swept highlands of northern Germany, where tree-covered peaks tower above lush rolling meadows and deep winding valleys, there lived a young woman named Gretchen. Gretchen shared a snug mountainside cabin with her mother, Freya. With the nearest town many miles and mountaintops away, Gretchen and Freya spent most of their days scouring the rugged slopes and ridges for food and combing the tangled forest for fallen firewood. Life was especially hard come winter, when the air grew sharp and biting, and the earth and trees grew thick with snow and crusty with ice. But one winter, life became more difficult than Gretchen and Freya ever expected. Just before the holidays, Freya fell ill. So ill that she took to her bed and could barely lift her head from the pillow. Gretchen, could you please be a dear and fetch me another blanket? I feel chilled to the bone. Of course, Mama. Here, take mine. Gretchen laid the blanket over Freya's quivering body and squeezed her clammy hand. Mama, 
Your condition is getting worse by the day. Shouldn't we call a doctor? I wish we could, Gretchen. But even if we got a doctor to come all the way from town, we could never afford the bill, let alone the medicine. There's hardly a penny left in this cabin. I suppose you're right. And there's hardly any food left, either. You and I gathered those berries and walnuts before you got sick, but they're nearly gone. So, I'll tell you what. You stay in bed, get some rest, and I'll go find some food. Firewood, too. We're down to our last logs, and you're shivering like a wet kitten. Gretchen bundled up in her coziest coat, mittens, and hat. Then she pulled on her boots, grabbed a basket, and stepped outside. Goodness, the wind is like a thousand icy needles pricking right through me. And the snowfall is so heavy, it's like someone tore open the world's largest pillows and let the feathers fly. But I must find something to fuel our fireplace and fill our bellies. Gretchen's feet crunched deeper and deeper in the snow as she wandered among the bushes and trees, their branches sagging under the weight of their frosty coats. She eventually came to a clearing surrounded by spruce trees. Beneath each spruce tree was a scattering of scaly brown cones that had dropped off the sharp, needly branches for the winter. All at once, a curious notion flashed through her head. What if I brought home some spruce cones? Spruce cones aren't very big, but they would burn bright and warm in the fireplace, at least for a short while. And even if Mama and I can't eat spruce cones, I could take them to town and sell them. I'll paint them festive colors for the holidays. And with any luck, I'll earn enough money to buy some food. Gretchen crouched down and reached for a spruce cone. But the moment she tossed it into her basket... Well, well, well! What have we here? A human stealing spruce cones. That much is clear. Gretchen flicked her head around. Who said that? Where are you? And I wasn't stealing spruce cones. I was just... Just taking what belongs to us. And that's a sad, true fact. So remove that spruce cone from your basket and kindly put it back. The voices seemed to be coming from the spruce trees. Gretchen lifted her gaze, and what should she spy perched in the snowy branches but a woman and man, though they were unlike any woman and man she had ever seen before. For one thing, they were small, no bigger than young children. What's more, their faces were as wrinkled as raisins, their eyes and skin were as green as moss, and their unkempt hair was as white as dandelion fuzz. I am so, so sorry. If I had known these spruce cones belonged to you, I wouldn't have tried taking any. It's, it's just that my mother is ill, and we're both so cold and hungry. I thought these spruce cones might warm us in the fire, and then I might sell a few to buy food in town. The tiny green people put their wild white heads together and exchanged some hushed words that Gretchen couldn't understand. (laughs) 
When they shifted their gaze back to Gretchen, their green eyes were gleaming. We appreciate you sharing your tale of woe. But if it's spruce cones you want, up the hill you must go. Then they let out a spirited giggle <laughs> and vanished. What was that all about? Who were those people? If they were even people at all. But no matter, I should do as they said. It's my only hope for helping Mama. Gretchen hurried from the clearing and began clambering up the slope. When she reached the top, her face broke into a broad grin. Look at that! There are thousands of spruce trees up here, and they're huge! I'm bound to collect oodles of spruce cones. But wait, Gretchen's face fell. All the spruce cones are still clinging to the branches. None have fallen to the ground yet, and the trees are too tall for me to climb. Uh, what am I going to do? <laughs> Warm tears rolled down Gretchen's chilly cheeks as she let out a sob. Then, before you could say Jack Frost... What was that? Did something just land in my basket? Gretchen cast her teary eyes downward, and lo and behold... There's a spruce cone in my basket! One of the biggest spruce cones I've ever seen! How... Odd that it managed to land right here. I mean, what are the chances of... <laughs> Gretchen's jaw dropped open because, to her astonishment, another spruce cone suddenly landed in her basket. What? Then another... <laughs> and another... <laughs> and another... <laughs> Before she knew it, a cascade of spruce cones was raining down from the trees and landing smack dab in her basket... In no time at all, Gretchen's basket was brimming with spruce cones, and her heart was brimming with joy. I don't know what magic is at work with these spruce trees, but I am so grateful. I will take these spruce cones to Mama at once. Night was falling as Gretchen began her trip home. The forest grew dim with shadows, and the only relief from the murky gloom was the occasional moonbeam that slipped through the snow-covered canopy above. Oh dear, it's as dark as a wolf's mouth in this forest, and getting darker by the minute. And for some reason, my basket is getting heavier by the minute. I can hardly lift it. By the time Gretchen reached the cabin, she was all out of breath and strength. She managed to push the door open. But the moment she stumbled inside, the basket flew from her hands. Whoops! And the spruce cones went rolling across the rough, unpolished floor. Hoping not to wake her sleeping mother, Gretchen fell to her knees and scrambled to pick them up. And that's when she realized why her basket had felt so heavy. The room was lit by nothing more than the last dying embers in the fireplace. But all at once, Gretchen could see everything. The spruce cones, they've changed. And if I'm not dreaming right now, then our lives are about to change too, in a big way.
went to the spruce cones, and how might they change Gretchen and Freya's lives? We'll hear what happens next, after a quick break. Support for Circle Round comes from Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Circle Round. That's Indeed.com slash Circle Round. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for Circle Round comes from Wondery with the new podcast, The Cat in the Hat Cast, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Bursting with music, silliness, and rhymes, the Cat in the Hat cast encourages us all to find fun that is funny in every episode. Listen to the Cat in the Hat cast early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus. I'm Rebecca Shear, and welcome back to Circle Round, live at WBUR City Space in Boston, Massachusetts. Today our story is called... The Forest Folk. Before the break, a whole bunch of spruce cones had magically fallen into Gretchen's basket. The basket felt unusually heavy by the time she reached the mountainside cabin she shared with her mother Freya, and when she took a closer look, she discovered why. These spruce cones, they've turned to silver. Pure, solid, sparkling silver. Gretchen's delighted cries woke up Freya, who had been sleeping fitfully and feverishly in her bed. What was that, daughter? Silver spruce cones? Gretchen clutched a handful of cones and raced to Freya's bedside. The sick woman's sleepy eyes went wide, and her jaw dropped so low it nearly hit the mattress. Well, goodness gracious and gracious sakes, Gretchen, how did you get these silver spruce cones? You must tell me everything. So Gretchen sat down and recounted her tale. How she had spent hours scouring the mountainside for food and firewood, how two tiny, mysterious people with green skin and white hair had scolded her for taking their spruce cones. How she had explained that her mother was sick, so she was collecting spruce cones to warm the cabin and sell as holiday decorations in town. And that's when their entire attitude changed, Mama. They talked amongst themselves for a moment in a language I could not understand, then they sent me to this other stand of spruce trees up the hill. Once I got there, a shower of spruce cones came tumbling into my basket. It was the strangest adventure, Mama. I can't figure out how to explain it. Can you? Gretchen gazed at her mother with curious eyes. Freya gazed back with knowing ones. Actually, I can. From the sounds of things, you just met the forest folk. The forest folk? Yes. 
They're also known as the moss people. You did say their skin was as green as moss, right? It was green. Wrinkly, too. And their hair was as white as dandelion fuzz. That sounds like them. The forest folk are magical sprites who protect the trees. I believe they took pity on you and were trying to help. And they did help. I mean, I could sell just a few of these silver spruce cones in town and buy plenty of food and firewood. And I can talk to a doctor and get you some medicine. I'll head out first thing tomorrow. So early the next morning, just after daybreak, Gretchen fetched her sled and pulled it into town. The townspeople were delighted to buy her silver spruce cones. And when she returned home, her sled was stacked with groceries, firewood, and a bottle of medicine for her mother. Freya took a dose, then lay down for a nap. Gretchen, meanwhile, got to work in the kitchen. She roasted a plump goose, boiled some delicious dumplings, and whipped up a hearty bowl of stuffing. Then she laid everything on the table, and when her mother woke up, she presented the feast with pride. Ta-da! What do you think, Mama? Doesn't it look scrumptious? It sure does, Gretchen. Thank you. Gretchen and Freya ate like queens that night. Or should I say, Gretchen ate like a queen. Freya just picked at her food. Mama? Is something wrong with the meal? No, child. Nothing is wrong with the meal. It's amazing. But I fear something is wrong with me. Even though I took the doctor's medicine, somehow I feel worse than ever. I should lie down. Gretchen took Freya's arm and helped her into bed. The poor woman was dripping with sweat and twitching like a skillet of popcorn on a hot stove. Gretchen was worried, but tried putting on a brave face. Maybe the medicine just needs more time to kick in, Mama. You get some sleep. We'll see how you feel when you wake up. Gretchen planted a kiss on Freya's burning hot forehead, then went back to the table and laid her head in her hands. Why is Mama feeling worse? The medicine, the food, they were supposed to make her feel better. But now I worry it'll take an absolute miracle to cure her of... Wait a minute. A miracle! It'll take a miracle, of course! Gretchen leaped to her feet and rummaged through the groceries she'd bought in town. She grabbed some flour and sugar, butter and spices, then got to work baking a big, beautiful cake. I'll mix in some candied fruits and chopped nuts to make it extra yummy. Hopefully that will do the trick. When the cake was done, Gretchen wrapped the steaming hot confection in a towel. Then she bundled up in her coat, mittens, hat, and boots, and slipped out the door. The night was black as ink, and the snow was up to her knees, but Gretchen kept walking. And when she reached the clearing where she had met the forest folk, she took a deep breath, then called out in her clearest, kindest voice. Oh, forest folk, my wonderful friends, I hope I can ask for your help again. Gretchen lifted her eyes toward the trees, but all she saw were snow-frosted branches. Still, she refused to give up. 
The spruce cones you showed me did me so much good. They got us medicine, food, and firewood. And I'm forever grateful, but Mama's still unwell. How to make her better, I simply cannot tell. Can you use your magic to make her recovery swift? In return, I humbly offer this delicious gift. Gretchen's hands trembled as she held out the cake. She waited one minute, then two, and then, just as she was about to give up and go home... Wait! Don't go! Don't be so hasty! That cake of yours looks mighty tasty. Gretchen felt a surge of happiness. She looked up, and there, with their white hair wild and their green eyes gleaming, were the forest folk. We were thrilled to bring you that first round of wealth. And we have an idea for fixing your mother's health. In the middle of this clearing, where the moonbeam casts its light, you'll find something special beneath the blanket of white. Gretchen glanced down, and right before her eyes, the moonlit patch of snow began to melt. It dissolved into a puddle and seeped into the earth. In its place appeared a delicate green plant. Take this plant and brew its leaves for tea. It will make your mother as healthy as can be. Make sure she drinks it before the morning light. And may your season be merry and always be bright. And with that, the forest folk let out another spirited giggle (laughs) and disappeared. When Gretchen looked down again, she saw the cake had disappeared, too. She picked the plant and tucked it in her pocket. When she got home, she brewed up the tea, gave it to her mother, and by morning, Freya was feeling fit as a fiddle. And so it was that Gretchen and her mother did have a merry and bright season, just as the forest folk had wished. Gretchen never laid eyes on the forest folk again, but she thanked them daily in her heart. She and Freya even kept one of the silver spruce cones on the mantel above the fireplace as a reminder of the tiny sprite's enormous generosity. And to this very day, when the winter holidays roll around, people in Germany will collect spruce cones, paint them silver, and lay them on their mantel or hang them on their tree to bring good luck and good cheer in the year to come. Now it's your turn. For a little good luck and a lot of sparkle, you can make your own silver spruce cones. First, get some spruce cones. Pine cones will do as well. You can find them outside or at a craft store. If you collect them outdoors, make sure they're dry and free of sap. Now ask a grown-up to help you turn your cones silver. You can use craft paint or spray paint, or you can paint the cones' edges with glue, then roll them in silver glitter. 
Once the cones are dry, tie on some ribbons or string and put them on display. Or share them with people you love. This week's story, The Forest Folk, was adapted by me, Rebecca Shear. It was edited by Sophie Codner. Eric Shimalonis composed our original music and played it live on the orchestral chimes. You can learn more about these metallophones that date back centuries and see a photo of Eric playing them on stage at WBUR City Space on our website, wbur.org slash circle round. Circle Round's artist is Sabina Hahn. Sabina has created a coloring page for every Circle Round story, including this one. Grown-ups, you can download and print out more than 230 Circle Round coloring pages at wbur.org slash circle round. And while you're at wbur.org slash circle round, you can also nab copies of our Circle Round picture books, find tickets to upcoming events, and join the Circle Round Club, an exciting way to support public radio and get some super fun perks. It's all at wbur.org slash circle round. Special thanks to this week's actors, Emily DiPietro, Sonia Joyner, Luis Negron, and Camelia Farms. And a big circle round of thanks to the staff at WBUR, including Chris Barrios, Ben Brock Johnson, Stephen Davey, Sama Tajoshi, Ben Lapiaki, Andrea O'Mara, Tina Safford, Amy McDonald, Candace Springer, Adam Strauss, and Julie Waklawick. Circle Round is a production of WBUR, Boston's NPR news station. I'm Rebecca Shear. Thanks for circling around with us. Now that you've made it to the end of this Circle Round episode, we want to know, what's your favorite Circle Round story? Thousands of fans just like you have been telling us about the Circle Round stories they like best. Take a listen. Maybe one of their favorites is one of yours, too. My name is Tess, and I am from Los Angeles, and my favorite circle round story is Kangaroo and Zoe 2, and my favorite part is when Kangaroo sings Wombat from the dog. Hi, my name is Ritu. I'm from Fremont, California, and my favorite circle round story is all tied up because I like the part when Mouse Deer ties the giants up. My name is Lulu, and I live in the corner city. My favorite story is the lion's whisker, and my favorite part where the sister gives me to the lion and takes the whisker. My name is Alma, and I live in Arlita, California, and my favorite circle round story is Mango in the Middle, and my favorite part is all of it. Hello, my name is Christian. I am from Birmingham, Alabama. My favorite circle round story is the bunny and the beans. My favorite part was when Pablo tricked the banker to believing the pot was magic. Hello, my name is Delaney. I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. My favorite circle round story is the three-legged part. I like the part where the three-legged part says, time to skip and skip. Did someone mention a story you've missed? Not to worry. Grown-ups, you can find all of our Circle Round stories, plus links to the Circle Round Club, picture books, coloring pages, and oh so much more on our website, wbur.org slash circle round.